Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Jan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> awesome. This past year, we have been looking into the kingdom of God. We've been looking into our values, a, a, what we reckon a mature disciple encompasses our value. We've got some pretty cool values, right? Yeah. Mature Christian encompasses a sense of belonging, purpose, big-hearted, kingdom-focused, and courageous. I like that. Wonderful. And it's been amazing because there's been so many different speakers speaking into around the kingdom of God, around our values, around us and enveloping our values. And and these various speakers across our campuses have has been speaking into that, yet there seems to be one theme that has been overriding, I guess, around the kingdom of God and our values and God just keeps saying over and over and over love God and love one another or love others love God love others love others Mark 12 29 to 31 is where you can see where that is written if you want to take if you're taking notes Mark 12 29 to 31 and I reckon that to love God we need to surrender all and well, in fact, the word says that, doesn't it? We need to surrender our everything, we need to surrender to Him our ways. We need to take up our cross, which basically means that, that we're prepared to die for our selfish ways. So we're prepared to, to put aside our ways, put aside our agenda, my agenda, and live for Him, love Him with my all. We can't love Him with our all. If we're, all, if we're carrying some of our own own stuff and going, I'm going to do this my way and that's only part. To love him with our all, we need to take up our cross. We need to surrender to him. We need to anchor ourselves to him like Monique shared last Sunday. We need to anchor our lives to him, to love him. We need to be obedient to him, to love him, to be obedient to him in relationship with him. And I reckon that part of loving God to love God, it also means to love ourselves, to honour ourselves, because He created us. We are His creation. I love the word fashioned. He fashioned us in our mother's womb. He fashioned you in your mother's womb. And so to love God is to love yourself, to honour yourself. And if we're doing that well, then we can love others as ourselves, and I reckon that it's incredibly crucial right now in this season of time to have a strong and healthy identity in who we are in God, who He says that we are a strong and healthy identity, loving God and loving others, loving ourselves, loving others as ourselves. Amen. Today. So this is what we've been speaking on. This is what God's been speaking clearly to us. Today, I want to elaborate, as I said, around what John has already uh, shared with us today, around what God is speaking clearly to his church in this season of time. He's wanting our relationship with him to go deeper, like that beautiful picture. Our relationship with him to go deeper for that first fire 
I don't know, maybe some of you are here today and you're not even in a relationship with him yet. Well, today is a wonderful day for, for you because you get to receive his invitation for you today for that first love, first fire, a fire lit upright for him. Set alight, vibrant relationship. Maybe a relationship with him that's to be rekindled. He's asking for us to rekindle our lives to him, to burn brightly for him. I keep saying fire, burning brightly. I've had the picture of fire resting on me this week. The picture of fire, you know, um, fire, you know, when you talk about love, Fire, and it goes along with love, right? Fire is like the passion of love. God is asking his church for a fresh fire, a fresh a fresh passion for him, to burn brightly for him, to lean in a little bit more, to lean in deeper, you know, like this wonderful picture, to lean into him, press your forehead against his to lean into him. He's wanting to burn brightly. He's wanting to fan into flame, fan into flame that passion for him. His passion for you is like fire. His passion for you is so great that what we just um, celebrated in communion with Heavenly Father sending his son, Jesus, all because of his passion for relationship with you and I. That is a fire burning brightly. He's asking for us to burn brightly for him. And one thing about fire is that fire burns off the dross. It burns off the stuff off the, you know, off the top, which is a wonderful thing. When we're burning brightly for him, he can burn off some of that dross. He can set us apart. He wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be holy for him, to be living for him. A passion, a desire, a hunger, a greater hunger for him, relationship with him. God desires his church to be filled afresh, a fresh fire right now in this season of time, today, this week, tomorrow, the following week. He wants us to be set apart, to fan into flame that wonderful love for him. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, John the Baptist is there. He's baptizing people. And he says, Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. In verse 11, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. He's speaking of Jesus. So much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave and, and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then Jesus enters the scene and, and Luke tw- chapter 12, verse 49. Luke 12, 49. And this is from the Passion Translation. I like the way it's worded there. Jesus says, I have come to set the earth on fire. And how I long for every heart to be already ablaze for this fiery passion for God. Jesus 
wants us all to burn brightly for him. He longs for us to burn brightly. In Revelation, there's some letters that are written to the churches. And I was drawn, as I, as I prepared this message, I was drawn to Revelation 3, one of the letters to the churches where the Lord is speaking to the churches. The, the letter to Laodicea, which is in Revelation 3, 15 to 22. And this letter writes like this from the Lord. He says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you're neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. It's easy sometimes to have that stance, can't it? Or maybe even take for granted his sacrifice. Oh, she'll be right, mate. I'm all, I'm all sweet. I've got all I want. I'm rich. I don't need anything. But then this letter continues and says, you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you, says the Lord, to buy gold from me. I looked up that word gold and I saw that it, it, um, it can speak of faith or love. Maybe that love that needs to be rekindled, set a, set a light for him. I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you'll be not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. Are you feeling a little corrected and disciplined right now? That's an amazing thing. He loves you. I'm, I'm being a little bit corrected and disciplined. He loves me. He loves us. And then he goes on to say, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. The word indifference here stood out to me. Indifference basically means apathetic. Maybe, you know, neither, neither hot nor cold. But Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, do you hear his voice? Are you in his word? Are you attuned to his voice? He's speaking to us today, to his church. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends, like that beautiful picture around communion, intimacy with him. All we need to do is open up the door to him as he, his voice speaks to us, as he knocks. We will share a meal together as friends. And those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone who hears with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. I feel Holy Spirit saying, very clearly right now to his church, burn for me, love God and love others as yourself. Burn for me, burn brightly for me, not apathetic, but hungry 
How hungry are we for Him? How, how much are we leaning as our posture, our spirit, our heart, leaning into Him? Leaning into Him, saying, I need you, Lord. I need you. I am not rich like maybe sometimes I feel like I've got it all together, but I need you. I need you each and every day. I need you on a Monday. I need you on a Tuesday. I need you on a week and so forth. I need you every day. I am hungry for you. I'm not satisfied where things are at. I want to burn brightly for you. A desire for him. That desire that Jesus longs for the desire that he wants to birth in his church. And I feel like that right now, for those who are open, Holy Spirit is doing something across the globe, that he is imparting a fresh hunger, a fresh fire across the globe, not only to his church, but also right across the globe. I've heard many stories lately of people encountering Holy Spirit, encountering Father God, encountering Jesus by not even having someone speak to them, but just by a yearning all of a sudden coming up within them. There 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 are people, I don't know if there are people in this room today, maybe you're here, but that have been contacting us as a church saying, I need to find a church. I, 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 I want to respond to God. I want to know more about God. There, there's something going on in my, in my life. And, and Holy Spirit is imparting hunger. He's imparting fire into people's lives that are open across the globe right now. Are we open? Are we being filled afresh for him each and every day? Do we have a fresh fire burning for him? Do we need a fresh fire to be relit in our lives for him? I feel that we need to be set on fire, so to speak, afresh for what is coming. I believe that we are on the precipice of the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. And God is calling his church to be open, to be hungry, to receive from him, to not be content, but to be ready to allow his love to rekindle that flame and to lean in, to lean in. There's a story in Matthew 25 that Jesus shares. I'm not going to read it right now, but I encourage you to to have a look at it in your own time. I'm going to give you a little bit of homework to do. (laughs) Matthew 25, um, there's a story in there about 10 bridesmaids. And it, it speaks of the bridesmaids have their lamp there and they've got their oil. And the oil is incredibly important to be able to burn, right? To light the, light the lamp. And there's five bridesmaids there that are called the foolish bridesmaids because they didn't carry enough oil. And basically they're waiting for the bridegroom to come. And he, he delays, and so they fall asleep. And then when the bridegroom comes, they, they wake up, and five of them there are the ones that had extra oil in their lamps. And they go in, and they're ready. They go in and, and enjoy the wedding feast. There are five there that are called the foolish bridesmaids, and they are not ready because their lamp has run out. 
they, they've run out of oil. And I feel that Holy Spirit is asking us, His church right now, there is, even if there's a, um, we could step back right now. We could, there's a, there's a, a even, um, we could be tempted to be a little bit complacent, to just be a little bit tired, to, to not be ready, to not sit on, that, on the edge of our seat, to not lean forward, to not cry out to him, to not be hungry for him. But he's asking us to say, come on, I need you to be ready. I need you to, to have the extra oil. I need you to call out to me each and every day for a fresh infilling because of what I want to do in you and through you. Burn brightly, be ready, be known by him. Be known by him. You'll read that in, in Matthew 25. If you have a look into that, be known by him. Malachi 3 and 4. In Malachi chapter 3, I'm not going to read all of that. Again, there's some another little bit of homework for, for the word. Enjoy the word of God. God is speaking to us through his word. The word does not return void. So enjoy his word. In Malachi 3 and 4, uh, it it talks here of a lack of fear. In Malachi 3, it, it, it speaks of a lack of fear or lack of reverence, reverence for the Lord. Maybe, you know, uh, uh, a bit like um, John shared before, you know, just taking things for granted a little bit. Lack of, lack of reverence for he is holy. Maybe a lack of a heart of repentance, a daily heart of repentance. We all need that. And that's what it's talking about in Malachi chapter 3. And there's this dialogue going on between the people and between God, God and the people. And, and God brings to light the fact that the people are cheating on, on him. And, you know, and this is his people, right? And so, of course, they go, whoa, whoa, what? Re- really, God? We're cheating on you. What do you mean? And no, they don't say, what do you mean? I don't think. But anyway, they say, what? <laughs> and God unveils the truth to them around how they haven't been giving their all. They have been cheating part of themselves. Not that full surrender, not full surrender of love for him. They've been cheating on their ties, their lifestyle, their love, their obedience, their language. You can read that in Malachi 3. They've been cheating on him with, with, with their, just not giving their all, their whole. Loving God with your all. Loving God with your all. And then in verses 16 to 18 in Malachi 3, it says this. In his presence, in the presence of the Lord, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and who always thought about the honor of his name. The Lord of heaven's army says, they will be my people. Those who fear him, have a holy reverence for him. And then in Malachi chapter four, it, it then says, the, the, the Lord of heaven's army says, the day of judgment is coming. And I think it was in, in uh, I read in First Peter, you can have a look for that yourself, that says that the church will be judged first. Well, that's a privilege, isn't it? He loves us. The day of judgment is coming. And, and, and then he goes on to say, and he says, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing.
healing in His wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. Is there, Do we have any farmers here? Oh, well, I looked up on YouTube. I do know how to use YouTube. <laughs> I looked up on YouTube, calves let out to pasture. It is delightful. For the countries that have, you know, the cows have to be locked up in the in the barns where, you know, because it's just too cold outside and then they're released out into the out into the green pasture. It is delightful. They are leaping and jumping for joy, literally. And that is what and Father God wants for us, for us to be leaping for joy, you know, because of the grace that his grace it, as we celebrate in communion, Father sent His Son for us. There is something to leap about, isn't there? There is something to, to dance with, like those calves dance dance about. There's another little bit of homework. Have a look at that this week. And, but, you know, Jesus made the way. Jesus did this. And so we, we get to live by His grace. We get to live uh, out of that freedom, out of that delight of that that God has made a way for me by sending His Son, Jesus, that I can come boldly into His throne room every single day. But I think easily we can say, yeah, I'm set free. I'm like the calf leaping and dancing for joy. Jesus died for me. It's gonna be all sweet. I'm all sweet. I'm all sorted. I'm all sorted. But then maybe we can then start to take that for granted. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, it says this. It speaks of God's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sacrifice of His Son Jesus to make us holy. And in verse 25, I love verse 25. It speaks about encouraging the church to gather together and encouraging one another, which is so incredibly important right now. We need to encourage one another because it says the day of His return is drawing near. And then in verse 26, it says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning, after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Whew. I don't know about you, but I can forget about that verse some days. Just talking honestly here. Verse 29 says, Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. Verse 36 and 37 Patient endurance is what you need now. That's why we need to encourage one another. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. Just like we read in Matthew 25, the bridegroom comes. Are we ready?